Mama Lorenzo. And this is the Pop Style Opinion Fest. Hello, kittens. Welcome back to another edition of the PSO. I am the teen, your Tilo, Tom Fitzgerald. And I'm here with the low and your Tilo, Lorenzo Marquez, my lovely husband. Hello. How are you, Lorenzo? I'm wonderful. I'm ready for pumpkin pie. That's I all know. I'm ready for. I know, I know. <laughs> We're trying so hard to be good with I know, our but that's all I think of when fitness fall at is the moment. approaching. I know. Pumpkin pie. And I actually saw a recipe that the New York Times tw- uh, tweeted out yesterday, and I immediately saved it for a pumpkin spice cake with vanilla buttercream and a caramel syrup over the top of it, and all of it's handmade. And I'm like, oh, that's going in the box. Because I, I we, right. we've tried to be really good. We had weddings to go to this summer. We went to Fire Island. We did some traveling. And the whole time we were like, let's try and be good. Let's, you know, right, blah, blah, right. blah. Um, and then we joined the gym just last month after two and a half years off. So we, I have not baked since. No, you haven't. I haven't baked in like three months. And I'm feeling the itch, man, when cold weather. And it's not that it's cold out, but it's just the leaves are starting to turn a little yellow and the days are shorter. And it's like, all right. I know. Uh, time for some baking, the funny which thing I is have that to be careful. I don't like pumpkin in general, but pumpkin pie, my God, it's the you best thing obs- ever. You're obsessed. I am obsessed with pumpkin pie. It's the best thing ever. It's the best thing ever, except for me. <laughs> um, so uh, we're going to talk about uh, largely the same thing we talked about last week, except it's we're switching over to new, new thoughts. I don't want to linger too much on the funeral or the royal family. Right. We devoted half of last right. week's hour-long podcast to talking about it. And just two or three weeks ago, we did a bit about Megan and her interview with The Cut. And I I will acknowledge that when we talk royal stuff on this podcast, the numbers go up. But I I don't believe, right. I don't see us I as just a want to royal see a few things. Yeah. There's a few things, especially since in light of some of the things that um, I said last week, like, for instance, the idea that Charles should be reaching out to Harry and Meghan more. I just want to go back and now that the week's up, talk, you know, talk about that real quick. Um, we ran down everything last week about our own ideas about Americans or right. as non-English people about the Queen, about Charles and all that. I will say um, I felt as an American that the American media just went completely over the top with this. And I just don't have a lot of respect for them mm-hmm. at the moment. I, I tuned in at one point and I forget who it was Gail and whoever she was with Gail King and whoever she was with was there, I guess at Windsor Castle. I can't remember where they were in like a recording booth doing live, you know, feeds from, from England in black funeral dresses. And I was just like, you're. A, I understand that you don't want to dress in like bright floral prints or bright pink or anything. Yeah, I mean, there's a certain sort of let's let's be you know respectful of the mood. But you are not attendees of this funeral. You're not mourners. You're not down there in the crowd entering the church. Dress like you're going to the event that you're actually reporting on mm-hmm. is just a level of buying into it that I find a little. Eff- I'm like, yeah. Did you wear black the last time a president died and you reported on it? Because I'm pretty sure that's not standard. Right. Um, It just felt way overly reverential. Um, Again, I think you should be respectful as a journalist covering this. Um, It is still a death. Uh, It's a family death. Mm -hmm. And there's no denying in the outpouring that she is was, while controversial, you know, some people don't support. She was loved. There was a quarter of a million people lined up to see the coffin. It's insane the the number of people um, standing there waiting for hours to just see her for for a second. Not even see her. See a box. Yeah. With her crown on it. For Um, for two seconds. Yeah. But uh, again, I'm not going to make fun of or look down. It, It 
seems very strange to me. It's not something I would do, but it's not my culture. And I do want to say when they, the royal family tweeted, because we follow the royal family on social media. We follow uh, Kate and William on social media because it's part of our, just to, you know. Mm-hmm. And they they put out the, the um, clip of the bagpiper doing the lament at the end. And um, I watched it and it was very touching. And I thought, you know, not to girl boss this or anything too, too much. Not to do too, you know, you go girl to Elizabeth because it really doesn't apply to her. But um, honestly, when in our lives do we see this level of outpouring mm-hmm. um, for a woman? Right. This level of respect. And I don't mean like Diana died and that, you know, there was grief all over the world. There were flowers in front of Buckingham Palace and, and they watched her call and and. You know, she's not the first, the queen is not the first woman where uh, a country went into grief at her death. But unlike Diana uh, and several other, you know, whatever, I'm not even trying to compare. My point is that this was a week of national and international support for the life of a woman and the work that she did. That's the part that I'm like, how often do we do that? This may be over-romanticized or anything like that, but at the end of the day, it was a salute to 70 years of service from a woman. And every man in the military, every government figure, and half the country, well, not half the country, came out to pay tribute to her. And I realized that some saw her as a grandmother and some saw Mm -hmm. her as, you know, a figure on a stamp. But at the end of the day, it was a woman's life and work being uh, celebrated and honored. Right. Um, I'm not to put down the you know Diana's work and everything, but I think a lot of that outpouring it's, it's different, it was because it's, of the it's, tragedy it's in her it's life different. I and mean, her heartbreak. But right. with Elizabeth, it was like, wow, job well done. It was an entire world looking at this woman's life and saying, whatever else we can say about her, she did a job well done. Right. And I have to say, speaking of a job well done, uh, I am. I can't believe how everything went so well. They uh, planned this. For I know, but forty, still, fifty years. I, still, nothing went wrong. You know, like nobody. Fo- it was impeccable. It was just incredible. All all the people in the parade, you call parade or whatever you call that. Um, you know, walking and right. everybody marching and every perception. I guess you would perception. Call it. Yeah, everything was perfect. The the pallbearers. Yeah. Like, my God! Every time they walk, I was like, please don't drop this. Yeah. <laughs> It was just perfect. Everything yeah. was so well done. And as you said, they had plenty of time to, to uh, rehearse and, and play. And, and the, do oh my God, the, but, the pomp and circumstance is so dramatic. Like when they break the wand of service yeah, over her yeah, coffin. I'm yeah. like, that is like Game of Thrones. That is so... And I don't mean to get all... I mean, there's a part of me as an American that kind of is like, well, this is all a little silly. But there's no denying the power of it. The power of yeah. these moments that's, you know... King Charles stands there over his mother's coffin while they break her wand of I service. I just love That's all, all the colors of all the uniforms, that, yeah. that yellow uniform that they showed at some point. Um, I just loved all those bright colors and beautiful uh, uniforms. And, and The things. pageantry was a wonderful salute to yeah. her life and to England, the right. history of England. For good or for ill, whether you agree with the monarchy or not, or her, uh, or Charles or any of them, Um, That week was, uh, I don't mind that that week happened. Uh, There were times I tuned in to watch. I watched the vigils of the princes. I watched the children when they stood on. Mm -hmm. And then I watched when the grandchildren did it. Not the whole 15 minutes because it's a little boring. But I watched them come out. I watched them get in position. I I watched some of it. Yeah. I do want to note that the vigil of the princes, which I guess it's not really called that anymore, is a tradition where the princes stand at the, you know, the coffin, you know, around the coffin. 
with the children, they included Princess Anne. It was the first, I believe, the first time a woman was included in this vigil. And then with the grandchildren, they included uh, Lady Louise and uh, Beatrice and Eugenie and Zara Tyndall. So it was, and this was, for me, I was like, well, that's appropriate because here we are saluting a woman who kept power longer than any other woman in history, uh, or in English history anyway, but I'm pretty sure in history. Um, and it's appropriate that her daughters and her granddaughters get to take right, part right. in, you know, it would have been weird if the Vigil of the Princes was just, just the sons yeah, and, and Princess Anne wasn't I agree. there. Um, now, <laughs> Meghan and Harry. Um, I tweeted something earlier in the week, and unfortunately it went viral. Because <laughs> anytime you tweet anything with the word Meghan spelled with an H in it, people search for it. Um, and what I said, and this was after it was all over, it was based, I'm, I don't have the tweet in front of me, but the gist of it was at the end of the day, Megan did exactly what she was supposed to right. do. She didn't make it about her. She kept, she didn't go to the press. It, you know, she did her job. She kept her mouth shut and she did her job. And that really was her job. I like, have look to at, think. and this is not something I'm saying about her. Ex- Catherine did the same thing. She kept mm-hmm. her mouth shut, did her job. Go ahead. Yeah, but I do think that this time, um, Megan really just kept it to herself and then just supported her husband and and was very very like you know minimalistic and quiet about the whole thing she was absolutely uh, and I, I mean down to the way she she was dressed i mean she she was she looked beautiful but it was like very simple kind of look um, dead she, she was giving she looked me amazing. diana yeah. ross and mahogany in that funeral outfit she looked with amazing the, the it hat was and the, the 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 whole look was great yeah yeah um the what i that look stood out to me because it was so stripped of royal trappings. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Kate was going out in um, the Queen's pearl choker necklace, and I believe it was Diana's pearl neck uh, bracelet and Diana's pearl earrings. And it was a lot. Some people in our timeline were criticizing her because it was a lot of jewelry. I thought, for a, I thought the necklace was a little t- bit too much. Yes, but um, she is the queen. Right. Or she will be the queen. queen she yeah. is now the princess of Wales. Um she has access to family jewels that Megan doesn't have access to. And to be honest, I don't think that's unfair. Uh, Megan has stepped back. She did not, she's not senior right. royal. I, I mean, I will get into the whole senior royal thing in a second. She's not a senior working royal. So I don't think it was any snub that um, she only wore the jewel, the earrings that the, um, the queen gave her as a wedding gift. Right. A lot of things are dictated based on um, if they're serving, if they're, if they have a position, right. and if they're, they're serving, uh, you know, Right. In some capacity. So uh, I just think it worked out. That worked to her benefit that she wasn't um, dressed up in a lot of jewels. She served a very minimalist look that I would have to say was the chicest look there. And I realized that um, rating looks at a funeral is a little gross, but that's why we don't do it on our site. I'm just saying this casually. And I want to note that when I say that Megan did her job, she didn't do anything wrong. This is not, oh, I'm not falling down praising for her. Just doing your job is fine. That's what the whole family did. But my point in tweeting that was she did everything she was supposed to do. There were no moments of scandal or anything like that, despite what a lot of Megan haters want to want to believe. Um, and despite that, there was just endless press about her, about Harry, about right. whether they were being snubbed, about whether they were angry behind the scenes. 
Um, and we got a lot of English people in our replies saying, well, that's not the, what I'm seeing over here. I'm seeing a lot of respect for the Queen and Charles. And that's absolutely true. Of course, the majority of the press was about the Queen and Charles. I'm not suggesting it wasn't. But there was an inordinate amount of time mm-hmm. with body language experts and that sort of thing and people analyzing every single move mm-hmm. and claims that they're... And we talked about this, that one of the claims was that um, they were angry the children didn't get HRH titles. And the other one was that the... Um, uh, Megan reached out to Charles privately and, and sent him a letter and wants to meet with him privately before going home. Look, maybe these things are true. I don't know, Megan. Um, and certainly, as we noted when we talked about that cut interview, Megan and Harry aren't always great about how they're the perception they put across. Sometimes right. they don't read the room as well as they could. I'm not saying these things are impossible, I'm not even saying they're unlikely. But I heard people, people were saying in response to that tweet that she and Harry were leaking these reports. And I was like, why would they leak reports that make them look really, really bad right Mm -hmm. now? I just don't believe that Megan leaked a report that she wants to meet privately with Harry. And we should note that that report, I think, came from a YouTube video. All of these reports of behind-the-scenes stuff are largely unsourced. Right. Having said that, and I'm not trying to be... You know, anyway, my point is that they do like to to play the victims every now and then. So maybe, who knows, maybe they say, you know... But I'm treating that... Put things out every now and then just to... So that people can feel sorry for them. Wouldn't put it past them... Um, everybody in that family uses their own contacts in the press to yes, put stories out about do. themselves. So I'm not suggesting that they wouldn't do that. I just find it hard to believe that they would put out stories that make them look petulant and self-absorbed in the middle of this national and international right. outpouring of love for their for his grandmother. I just, I mean, they may be naive sometimes and self-centered sometimes in some of the stuff that they do, but I just that's a level of stupidity that I can't... And these are unsourced, largely anonymous, are completely anonymous, and sometimes from very questionable right. media, like a YouTube video. I agree. So I, I don't really put a lot of credence behind these stories until I get some sort of, you know, but that she was, you know, maneuvering. She did her job. She kept her mouth shut. And when I said that, people were sending videos of her crying because she shed a tear at the funeral or whatever. And then they linked to a video of her back when she was an actress bragging that she could cry on cue oh my god right and there's whole stories about this now and i'm just like okay actresses can cry on cue that's largely part of the job that's a job skill it was a funny little video and also guess what people cry at funerals neither of these things are weird and they don't have to be related no and you're just looking for shit there was another thing about her a video that went around when they did the walkabout with um megan um with kate and and william Someone gave her flowers, and aide came up to take the flowers. Yeah, yeah, out of, yeah. You saw the video, and yes. um, Megan. Again, I don't think she's a bitch, but I do think sometimes she she doesn't realize how certain things are going to come across on camera, and she does sound a little short with the guy. Even if that's true, I can't make a mountain out of this. Oh, Megan was slightly, you know, in disagreement with an aide. Okay, she didn't beat him. She didn't berate him. Right now, and it was just one of those situations typical of Megan. She's she, very tense. She is also she. She was trying to make sure that the flowers got to exactly. Uh, I forget what where. Anyway, and uh, I think it was Windsor, but now it's all yeah, confusing. I mean, she was. She made sure to to whoever gave the flowers that they were going to reach the destination and she felt like just heading to the uh, assistant, you know, she would know. Um, 
which you know it's sweet and everything but again you're just breaking protocol here um well i hate using that word but that but it is it would have gone more smoothly if she had just let the aide handle it right i I understand what she 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 was trying to do but you know when you have cameras right on you the it was a three-second exchange in a week yeah. of her attending, and that's all people can point to. She cried, and she disagreed right. briefly right. with an aide. And, okay, fine. I'm not even trying to defend that moment. Maybe she comes... It's really how you read it. Does right. she come across like a bitch to you in that moment or whatever? But my point is, it's three seconds. At, if that's all you've got, and, and she cried, if that's all you've got, then I don't really think you've got anything. She did her job. No one needs to praise her for that, right. but stop looking for weird shit. It's, it's, it's interesting because now we have TikTok and it mostly young people with no information whatsoever oh God, or, or no God. sense of history Don't or anything. And they just exploded with, with the funeral. I mean, the, the misinformation and videos and everything they were showing, it was just really, really, really bad. Yeah. Uh, they were showing outfits that Megan wore to another occasion uh, right. you know, to another event and they were saying that well, it was just pairing yeah, them I saw, I saw that yeah and, and also Camilla I mean they went after her you know <clears throat> everything she said all, all her moves and, and you know they were saying that she was mean to the kids and uh, it was right. everything bullying and the grandchildren comparing and her to Princess Diana, Diana and saying she's the real queen not you you, you know you ugly etc etc um this is part of the reason why it, it doesn't sound like um, there were some reports out. And again, you got to take all this with a grain of salt. I don't know. But there were some reports that Charles was kind of chilly with the two of them and he hasn't been doing much to reach out to them. However, um, Harry did get to wear his uniform for the Vigil of the Princes. Uh, and that feels like a concession, whether that was from his father or not. But let's face it, Charles has been exerting tight control. So I'm pretty sure everything that happened this week went through him. Um, in a lot of ways, um, like the bouquet, the wreath on her right. coffin, he devised, it, you know, that he, he planned this and then he put a note on top. And I mean, he has been in charge of this right. whole thing. So if Harry wore his uniform, he signed off on it. And the second thing is that people made a big deal out of this, including page six, that it was a snub that they sat behind in the second row that Megan and Harry sat in the second row. But actually he sat directly behind the king and queen. That is a, that is a, a seat of tremendous importance and it felt to me like a show of some support because in every shot of Charles and Camilla yeah. you could see Harry and Meghan and they know that and then people were complaining that they were deliberately put behind a <laughs> candle or something you all need to just calm the hell I down know, it was a funeral it was really well executed Harry and Meghan walked away from their royal duties so they're I don't think it's fair to expect them to be treated, I don't know, like like William and Kate. Or even like, I don't know, Edward and Sophie. They're not on the job anymore. Because he's the king's son, mm-hmm. they are the very definition of senior royals. So from a protocol level, they need to be where right. they need to be. Well, here's and the- I think the family gave them what right. they should have. Here's the tricky part, is that it's a family funeral, but it's also a royal funeral. So, and a national funeral. And national funeral. So yeah, you are part of the family and you should be there and part of a lot of things, but there are certain roles and things that are done in, in, in this And you're not type part of, of that world. And you're not anymore. Right. Um, that's why Kate gets the jewelry and Megan doesn't. You're right. going to look for reasons that, I mean... That ain't it. That just is not it. So that's all I wanted to say. Whether, like like I said, Charles, I don't know whether he's going to reach out further. I think um, given, uh, 
I don't know. I don't know. I hate making predictions about how people who I don't know are going to act. All I can do is read the tea leaves. And um, I, I just think it looks very bad if he doesn't have a relationship with his kids. Yeah. It uh, really will king. look bad. I mean, yeah, it does I, look bad. I don't think Meghan and Harry would ever true. I don't know that they would come back to to um, being working senior working royals the way they were in the past. But I did say this last week. It would behoove Charles to make sure that they come home a lot. Right. And that he is seen mm-hmm. with his grandchildren a lot. Whether it's rocky behind the scenes and it's chilly dinners in palaces, it would still be better if Harry and Meghan went to England two or three times a year with their kids, spent two or three weeks there. And they don't have to do stuff, but they should be seen there. And for, I'm only saying this for, for Charles. I like a, For political reasons, if he wants the, you know... If he wants to look like he has control over his family, right? He should do that. Um, but that's all. Do you have anything else to no, add about that, that? that? I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was extremely well organized. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed. I mean, it kind of reminded me. I know it's not the same of uh, a Princess Diana, well, the, uh, a wedding, yeah. you know, kind of like big thing that you get up in the morning and watch type of thing. Right. So, yeah. That huge event. But I don't want to talk about this family again for a long time. I know. My God. I I would just like Kathy to put on a pretty dress and go do a day, (laughs) you know, go visit some children or something so we can talk about her clothes again. Because all of this is just... I wonder if Megan is going to talk about it on her podcast. Hmm, That would be interesting. I'll say this right now. That would... uh, Stupid. Mm -hmm. Very dumb. Um, I wouldn't put it past her because they... That is that, sometimes. <laughs> that was the complaint about that cut interview was that they are just making their time as royals put too much part of their brand. If they want to break, make that break, then stop talking about it. Right. Um, and it'll never go over well. If she, I mean, she, her fans, the Sussex squad, and a lot of Americans would be on her side. Her, her podcast is the number one podcast well, in the world. It is. But um, she would turn the British public and press even further against yeah. her if she starts talking about behind the scenes family stuff. Um, so Megan, if you're listening, I know you're not, but if you're listening, please girl, don't do it. Just, just get on with your life. Right. Okay. Just things you both want to talk. Never explain, never complain. Um, all right. Having said that, we are going to dive deep into last week's, uh, this past week's, uh, Game of Thrones episode, which was, uh, featured the wedding of Princess Rhaenyra to Prince Laenor of House Valerion. And it was quite the episode. Uh, and we're going to run it. We already did a, um, a, costume a costume post. So please go check that out. We had a lot to say about the fashions at the, at the wedding. Um, but uh, we also want to unpack. Not, we're not just going to do a recap. I, I really want to go into the whole idea of whether shows like this can or should be killing off gay characters mm-hmm. and the whole bury your gays trope and how I feel as two gays. I think we can talk a bit about that. But before we get into that, as we mentioned, it's getting to fall and I'm thinking about pumpkin spice and all this stuff. And I honestly, I thought of this the other day. I'm like, I cannot wait to get my wool bombas socks out from my bottom drawer and wear them again because, oh my God, they're so comfy and warm. Bombas's mission is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas designed their sock shirts and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, 
office and has a cozy feel. That's why I want my wool Bomba socks. There's a pair of Bomba socks for everything you do. They come in tons of options like comfy performance styles made with sweat wicking yarns, which means your feet stay cool while the rest of you work up a sweat. Bomba's no-show socks are designed for comfort while being specifically engineered to never fall down. So let your ankles be free to soak up the sunlight. Bomba's t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and the perfect weight so they hang just right. Bombas underwear is so breathable and fits so well, it feels like you're wearing nothing at all in a good way. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. So... Go to bombas.com slash T-L-O and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash T-L-O for 20% off. Bombas.com slash T-L-O. Thank you, Bombas. All right. So um, uh, we had the big wedding of uh, Rhaenyra and um, Lainor. What's give me? I, I saw the screen before you did, and I was like, Oh my god, you need to watch this! It's really good. I just have everybody to say, looks amazing, and it's completely fucked up. I just have to say, I have watched every episode of House of the Dragon once, and this episode, I think I've watched it 10 times already because I can't get over that wedding scene. It was so beautifully done, uh, acting, lighting costumes everything was just absolutely perfect and that's the more i watch the show the more i love it that's what's happening uh i agree i i know that people um feel like there isn't the story isn't very big and it mm-hmm. isn't very big if you're comparing it to game of thrones because the the fate of the world was at hand um and this is more about jockeying for one throne one right. power and it's largely centered on uh one family um, so it doesn't feel as big and as epic as Game of Thrones, but if you look, if 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 it's if you're looking for high fantasy adventure, this isn't the show. But if you're looking for court intrigue, um, then it's great at this. The way it is setting up the um, the conflict between Rhaenyra and Allison is just perfect. I had some issues with it in the beginning because I thought that it was moving. I'm like, well, I don't know. I, I know that these characters need to be in opposition to each other, but I feel like they're not getting there yet. Mm-hmm. But they really needed to take their time to establish that so that the eventual, what happened this episode, basically, between Allison and Rhaenyra, um, the sort of cleaving of their friendship, uh, I, it's explained. It's earned. I understand it. I understand why these two little girls who were the closest friends ever mm-hmm. are very close to are moving in the direction of becoming sworn violently sworn enemies towards each other. All of that is done by outside forces and things and decisions that other people have made and that have pushed them into these positions. And I love it. It's fascinating to watch. I think they've unpacked it really well. And as you noted, a lot of these first five episodes, the quality of the storytelling comes down to those two actresses. Yes, I have to say, uh, Millie Alcock, right, and uh, Emily Carey, they are amazing. And I've said, uh, you know, I complain about Game of Thrones hiring all these young people because, you know, they needed to be young for the story. You famously, if you let, you thought a lot, of, you thought Kit Harrington was a bad actor, you thought Sophie Turner was a bad actor. Horrible. Yeah, you, you weren't horrible. thrilled with that. And you can you can tell how horrible they are, you know, based on what they've done so far. But anyway, they are horrible, and, and we were stuck with them forever. Now we have the, yes, we were stuck with them for like seasons and seasons. Anyway, 
Then you have these two amazing ladies. And uh, they only get to do five episodes. I know. And everyone was saying they should hire them back and have them come back. At, at you know, I don't know how. but I've got to say, I would be fans. shocked if there, there aren't scenes in the can that will be uh-huh. shown later. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, uh, they would have been foolish not to do that just because those actresses are good. The poignancy, uh, because they actually did a fantastic job of casting. The two older actresses, they, they kind of look they the same. They really look like older versions mm-hmm. of them. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point, maybe in the final season, there's something mm-hmm. they shot in this first but season. But I actually tweeted about it and I said, I am, I'm going to miss them. And I will because they are incredible. Both of them, uh, uh, the way they talk to each other, the dialogues and, right. and they, the way they acted uh, moved everything. Yeah. The scenes when they're walking in the garden. I thought Emily Carey was great. The way she she wasn't a character that was allowed to emote or say, yes, say what was on her mind at all. So she had to do everything with her face. They are both great, but I have to say, uh, Emily Carey, my God, I love her and yeah. I can't wait to see more. Yeah. She, she's just phenomenal. Just yeah. phenomenal. Both of them. And they're so young. They're young. Yeah. I, um, it's been interesting to see the... I don't want to tell people how to watch this show. Um, however, this gets into the discussion about bury your gaze this week. Um, it's a, I don't want to sound condescending, but I'm amused, let's say, by the people who are taking sides and thinking that there's a good side and a bad side in this conflict. Right. Like I saw people on, on social media, the night it aired, um, I was watching, you know, um, black Twitter does Dem dragons, hashtag Dem dragons. And then there's all the other house of the dragon conversations that go on. And so many people were like, I can't believe Allison would believe that Rhaenyra would kill her children. Right, uh, right. Or, um, uh, you know, talking about Kristen Cole as this horrible, you know, homophobe, and, and I'm certainly not defending what he did, and, you know, cheering on Rhaenyra and Damon getting together. But, uh, okay, he's her uncle. And he right. killed his wife. So how did you figure out that this is the better guy? Well, first of all, it's all written in the book. So, I don't want to give away what happens in the no, book. No, I don't. I don't. Want, but that part that we already watched, it's in the book. Um, of what you mean, Joffrey Lonmouth dying? Uh, yes, and it's the, very different in the. book. I know, but 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 he died. My he point does is die. that he died, and uh, my point is it's in the book. Um, and you know, if we're going to talk about shocking things, I mean, the episode started with with Damon killing his wife brutally, uh, brutally in yeah. a horrible way that I, I couldn't even look. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of that, and if you can't deal with with that, then you know it's not the show for you. And believe me, a couple of times I I, I can't watch what what's going on. I, um, but I appreciate the the show for what it is, and and I I don't believe in correcting things because it's 2022. I mean, you can add things, but you can't change it completely. You can't change the story. Uh, I mean, you can. I don't care about that. Well, but, and they have changed the story in in ways that do make it the undertone very different. Um, Joffrey Lonmouth, who was Prince Lenor's lover, um, he does die six days after the wedding from a wound he sustained during a tournament at right. the wedding. In other words, Sir Kristen Cole killed him, but it was largely considered an accident. Um, that is not what they choose. Right. To, they chose to write a brutal beating. Right. I think they, they felt the need to have something during the wedding that would like, you know. But it alters the story significantly it alters Kristen Cole and I'm like knowing what I know about where he goes and we're not going to spoil anything knowing what I know about where he goes um I uh, I don't understand how they're going to take him take him there after having what he did at that wedding I mean how he wasn't 
beheaded for for what he did. I mean, we'll see. I don't want to give anything away. But my point is, um, I this reminds me of when people were so upset <laughs> when Daenerys murdered half of King's Landing because they had named their babies after her like three seasons before because they thought she was a total you-go girl kind of heroine. Um, if you think Rhaenyra and Alicent are, I and I'm not, again, not giving anything away here. All you need to do is look at Game of Thrones. Um, and this, again, leading into the bury your gaze thing. Think of the final episode of Game of Thrones and who survived, okay? First off, very few people survived. Most of the characters were dead by the end of it. And the ones who were survived were fundamentally broken or scarred people. Every single right. one of them were either physically or emotionally broken people. That's the world that Martin created. And I support anybody who does not want to be part of this. Um, it was the same discussion when Queen Emma died in a extremely graphic and violent cesarean section scene in the first episode. And a lot of women viewers and women critics were like, why? I don't need this. I don't want mm -hmm. that. And fully agree with you. You should go. Again, I've mentioned this before. It was the same way how I felt about Outlander. After when they raped the kid on camera, I was like, I'm done with this show. Right. It doesn't mean I'm discounting it. Please go off and enjoy it because I know plenty of people do. And I also know that there were plenty of arguments explaining why the show, that show had a focus on mm -hmm. sexual assault. And I don't know. But I made it this. I'm like, I don't want to watch this. This is not the kind. I just don't want to watch it. That's how I feel about right. this show. It, we already know what... what if you don't know how Game of Thrones, and I don't know how you don't know how, why you would be watching this without having watched that, but if your complaint that this show is brutal to its people, well, love you mean it, but you should probably go watch Rings of Power instead because right. th this is going to be the show that's brutal about people, about the fate of people. Because, and I'll keep saying this, back then. <laughs> well, let's get into this. We've talked about this as well, is that... The argument is if you once you put dragons in your show, you can create any kind of culture you want, and it's a choice to make that culture misogynistic and homophobic. You don't have to follow history because right. you put dragons in the show. And my response to that is that is true on the surface. However, a show has to be about something if it's any good. A story has to be about something if it's any good. And a lot of good fantasy, speculative fiction, and science fiction is about commentary on the world we live in, on human relations. Right. And they do it using, you know, sandworms and, you know, Darth Vader. All of this stuff is dressing it up, but it's basic human emotions. And, you know, Martin and his cohorts who created the TV shows were very committed to creating a world based on medieval Europe. Right. Um, even more so than Tolkien was, because Tolkien went off in insane flights of fancy, right. created entire lands... That um, there is no, you know, there is no Numenor in the real world. Um, not that Westeros looks like the real world, but it is so modeled on specifically European culture right. from like 800 AD to about 1400 AD. Um, and because of that, they have, op they want to explore what it, or at least depict in that world, the brutality of it um, against if you're a woman or a gay man. Right. Um Again, I understand why you don't want to watch it, but I do feel if you depict a, a world that removing the dragons, every other aspect of it is a perfect, almost near perfect mimicry of European feudal medieval life. Um, 
those castles need to be built. Those wars need to be won. Uh, and you can't get to that civilization that looks like that mm-hmm. without subjugating women and an enormous amount of toxic masculinity. Right. Uh, which means gay men are not going to be well treated right. in that world. This does not offend me. Uh, it's fine. Uh, I would feel weird if if homosexuals were getting beat up in rings of power. You know what I mean? And I would be totally right. objected if uh, Galadriel got raped or something like that. That's not what Tolkien is about. And if you want fantasy that takes you far away from the real world, that's Right. That's a good one. Right. But I Martin's, agree. that's not what Martin's about. I'm sorry. I'm talking a lot. No, no, Go ahead. That, that's it. I just want to bring up that, that uh, one of my favorite scenes is when uh, Rainier and, and Leno are talking um, and they talk, about, you know, she makes this, uh, she starts talking about, you know, people wanting different things and liking different things. And she talks about, you know, some people like uh, roast duck i guess and and then some people like goose you know she talks about the differences and pretty much saying you know we can be together and you can do whatever you want and i'll do whatever i want and immediately i thought about the the scene that was actually cut from the movie uh the movie spartacus uh when Lawrence olivier is having a conversation with a very young tony curtis playing a slave and and you know he's trying to seduce a tony curtis and and he says you know some people like uh oysters and some people like snails i like both. So I thought it was interesting. I immediately thought about that. And the point I'm making is that about the gay scene again, uh, is that, you know, the scene from the movie Spartacus, never, nobody ever saw that later on, on the computer, but never part of the movie as part of the movie. My point is that I grew up not seeing anybody gay on TV ever. There was no gay character. Uh, and now we do have gay characters. I'm not saying that I should settle for whatever we see now that there are still a lot to to do and you know improvements to be made but it is interesting to have a character a gay character and if the character dies you know it's the character right. uh, i i wouldn't over analyze that um as you know he died because he's gay or, or every gay character live forever in every show or movie uh that's not how i feel it's not how not, not for this show there Mm -hmm. i i absolutely believe that barrier gaze is can be an offensive and overused trope uh a damaging trope you know but uh that for me that does not mean no gay character should ever or queer character should ever um be a bad person or die or anything like that especially i would consider it a barrier gaze trope if gays were singled out but that is so clearly not the case. Like some of the complaints were, well, they only introduced this character and then 20 minutes later he was dead. I, hello, have you met Damon's wife? She got all of three minutes. Be- and I got to right. say that actress killed it in that she scene. She was, was great. Amazing. She did the most. Yeah. She ate in that scene. She did the most with her lines. But if the if the complaint is that um, that he, the character didn't get a strong introduction, well, you, why are you ignoring the woman who got brutally killed with right. no introduction? Which was also horrible. Yeah, so this is the world. I, mm-hmm. I, um, it never, hmm. I don't, I don't want to tell anyone how to feel. Like I, I said, I said back when, you know, women were saying they couldn't watch the show. Absolutely, you should not watch the show that you're not emotionally invested or prepared to watch. But, um, I just, I remember saying to you after we watched it together, because I had already seen it, and, and I said it in a sort of derisive way. I was like, watch, someone's going to say he was killed because he was gay. And sure enough, that's what happened. It never occurred to me to think that during that scene. It was brutal, and I don't think the scene needed to be as brutal as it was, mm-hmm. um, especially since it wasn't like that. And he died accidentally in the book. 
Um, but I just, I wasn't offended by it. That doesn't mean no one else is allowed to be or that I think you're silly to, to be offended by it. But I wasn't. And um, I do think you need to put it in the context of this entire, if you're, if you're offended by mm-hmm. the gay character getting killed and you didn't even mention the woman who got killed earlier in the episode, well, then maybe examine that. Maybe right. examine that. Right. Um, because it sounds to me when, you, when that happens that you are putting your gay characters on a pedestal. You feel that they should be treated better than other characters in the story. And that's fine if that's how you feel. But again, that's not the story I want to watch. Um, I don't, Joffrey Lonmouth wasn't killed because he was gay. Um, although that would have, you know. Who knows? Yeah. Well, no, I, I think they established why he was killed. He was killed because Sir Kristen was driven mad with jealousy and, and he was um, humiliated by Rhaenyra. I'm not, I'm not. You know, he's a murderer. He's and Jeffrey a brought psycho. it up. And Jeffrey brought it up. And the, Joffrey was an idiot who yeah, brought it exactly. up to him. Yeah, he was he and was kind of naive. If your name's Joffrey, you should die at a wedding. <laughs> right? Like <laughs> that's just the rules in Westeros. Um Oh my god. I yeah, I was I, it was sad because I, I kind of liked him. The actor, I think he's I mean, cute, I, actually. Sully McCloud. And he's he cute. did a good job. I thought he, he was playing him well. And I was like, Oh, you gone already. Yeah. But Lenor's still there. Yes. This being the world, I, I don't, you know. Who knows? Mm-hmm, who knows? But uh, Lena's still there. Lena's making her play for Damon. Damon's making his play for Rhaenyra. There's just all kinds of incest happening at this wedding. Um, <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about costumes now. Um, absolutely. First thing is that she, uh, Rhaenyra wore a white dress, which is wasn't common back then again. <laughs> There is no back. But stop saying that. Uh, it's not common in the room. Like she was the only person in the room. Yeah, in white. but you could see the uh, the um, uh, dragon influence all over her dress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was a beautiful dress, and she looked great. Um, and then the green dress. Uh, now I, I want to talk about the green dress for just one. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely stunning. She looked amazing the way she entered the room. Everything was just perfect. Anyway, my point is that she. Um, is she supposed to wear a green des- dress again, or they just kind of screwed it up? And- I did some reading, and it seems to be that this is the green dress moment oh, okay. in the books, even though the staging of it is completely different. In the books, she wears it to um, the fifth anniversary of yes. her marriage, which her I wedding. think yeah. Yeah. has already passed. Yeah, I yeah. think her kids are past that age. And... Um, well, I don't want to give more away because I don't want to give away. Yeah. So, so that's it for the green dress. Thing. No, because they showed a clip of um, what's the woman who's playing her, uh, Olivia Cook, who's playing the older version okay. of Allison, and she's in a green dress. So I, there, I think she's pretty much wearing green from here on out. Oh, so there will be more green. I guess. I don't know, mm. um, but the the green dress has meaning in the story that will unpack. And we talked a bit about the significance of it based on that scene. Mm-hmm. We didn't give anything away. Right, it, right. it was. You know, mention that uh, green is the um, high tower family color, and it's also the color of the beacon in the high tower for which they're named, which is like all beacons, a call for aid. Um, war, actually. <laughs> well, in this case, war. Yeah. Um, and she—that's why she went over to her uncle almost immediately right. and basically gathered support for what was about to come. And it's why um, Lara Strong. Um, the guy who walks with the cane, um, he immediately noticed what it was. He noticed that she was right. sending that message. And it's notable to me that I don't think, um, maybe maybe next week we'll disprove this, but I'm not sure Viserys and um, a- a- uh, Rhaenyra actually got the significance of what she was doing. They Maybe they did, but I mean, they're not stupid. They know Yeah, maybe they'll talk about it we'll later. We'll see. Yeah. Um, 
it was a beautiful th- scene. Um, just beautiful. Every, yeah. Every, every, and everyone looked great. Uh, I also have to talk about Rainier's, uh hair. It was just beautifully braided. Oh, God, I loved it. Yeah, okay. Loved it. Loved I didn't like about- the red jewels in it, but I do think there was they were going for a certain gaudiness right. at this wedding. Certainly the Valerian uh, clan, they showed up. Uh-huh just dripping in gold so right. this was like the vmas like yeah. they <laughs> they everyone showed up loud um it wasn't a, a it wasn't quite the stately um sedate yeah elegant uh, affair that maybe you might expect it was loud and tacky with a lot of jockeying for position yeah, and i'm tired of the king he needs to go time to die um they have with again with the book they've made Viserys just a, a lot more of an idiot this time I around know. um and a lot more stubborn about what he's doing um, and let's talk about this because it, I'm, I don't know if people understood it until, um, Otto Hightower told his daughter at the start of this episode, this yes. is what you're facing. Mm-hmm. If Rhaenyra tries to become queen, there will be war. And the only way for you to survive is to either beg her for forgiveness or go to war against her. Cause she'll kill everyone. She'll kill your whole family. Yeah. And every, like I said, there was all this, she would never do that. And I'm like, uh, What? what? I guess you've never watched Game of Thrones. I don't know, but um, it's very clear what she wants. Rainier, when she has that conversation with Kristen about, like, you know, not going away with him, and because she's the king, she's the queen. She's, you know, right. Now they're trying to tie this up uh, to to a, a sort of a grander uh, point in in that her father keeps telling her that a Targaryen has to be on the throne in order to fight, you know, the winter that's supposed to come two hundred years later. Um, and I guess that makes her seem altruistic, but I, I just don't see... I don't know how you can look at a Targaryen after this, after Game of Thrones and think any of them are... Oh, that one deserves to sit. Not none of them. They're all bad. They're, They're inbred. Yeah. Insanity runs through the family. They're tyrants. The whole... Hit, I mean, didn't we hear all of this in Game of Thrones? So, you know... I love Rhaenyra. I love Rhaenys. I love Alicent. I, you know, I, I, and Damon is actually a really fun character to watch. But he, they're they're all evil, evil and horrible. They're either yeah. evil or they're just, you know, none of them are your hero. If you go into any of this, naming your kids after anybody on this show, <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking. Name your kid Frodo or Galadriel and just oh get God. it over with. Just don't call them Rhaenyra or Damon or anything like that. Um, without giving again, without giving anything away, this is just. You know, that's the world. It's going to be brutal. It's going to turn towards war. It's going to get ugly. And either you like this kind of story or not. But I feel like the tension has been slowly turned up with each episode. Like, you know, you might have thought up until this episode, well, Damon, I don't know, maybe he's got some quality. And then he kills his wife brutally with a rock. Um, So, no, that's not a good person. And, you know, maybe Rhaenyra won't. Oh, no, she lied. She lied and she wants to sleep with her uncle. And, yeah, there's a lot. Right. There's a lot. Um, I want to... Is there anything else I want to unpack? No, Uh, I I think that's pretty much it. I think the wedding was the main thing, I think. Um, And what's going to happen to uh, Kristen, right? What's going to happen to Kristen is a big one. Yeah. Uh, there is a time jump in the ne- next episode with the new adult actresses coming in. I'm not giving anything away. It was there in the preview. So, you know, time has passed and right. Sir Kristen was not put to death. So, uh, you know, we'll see what they do with it. And I actually don't know. I know that character's arc and I, I'm really curious how they're going to get him to where he needs to go with the, after what they just did to him. Right. Um, nothing about what Sir Kristen did was defensible in any sort of way but 
like all of the other actions, it was well. I felt it was well set up. His degradation, mm-hmm. his thought process, I, I, how he got to that point. I hope it doesn't come to oh, it's okay what he did because he got rid of the gay boyfriend, and the other one needs to be the king. Oh, I mean that would. You know what I mean? I'm not. I'm. It might get to that, and then the internet's going to explode again. So. And the internet's going to explode again. But again, I um, you don't build a culture that looks like medieval Europe. Right. Um, if you're a culture that celebrates diversity and uplifts women, that's, I don't get, right. I don't think you can get to that point um, unless you, and, and there are fantasy settings that allow for that kind of mm-hmm. diversity and thinking uh, representation and allows to, you know, puts women on horseback fighting battles and that sort of thing. I'm not saying that's impossible to do, but in that case, when you have those sorts of, I think wheel of time is like that where it, it really centers women in the story, but it creates a, a a culture that has all sorts of magic and weirdness in it that it, it evokes medieval Europe, but it's not really modeled. It, it goes off and same thing with Tolkien is that it evokes a midi, a sort of medieval Europe, but you know, you have dwarves and you have elves and you have hobbits, you have entire races of people that don't exist in the world, real world. So that allows you to build societies right. that are more fanciful or, more diverse, more representational. But Martin isn't like that. No, and I think the point uh, that House of the Dragon t- tries to make is that these women uh, had no rights. They, you know, they were basically... They were royal wombs, as it was said in the first episode. <clears throat> right. Having said that, they did influence some. You know, they did make things and, and made decisions that uh, led to certain things um, as a woman. So, yeah, you have that too. Um, again, I, I fully accept anyone who just does not want to watch this sort of thing or feels that a show with dragons should be, you know, whatever it wants to be. But um, I also believe that, you know, good fiction comments on the world that we live in. And I don't have a problem with a show that's, you know, Game of Thrones got into some problematic areas because it depicted way too many rapes. Right. Um, in a salacious sort of way. Uh but I do, I feel like this show is doing a better job of, it's violent and it's brutal. I don't, has anyone been raped yet on camera? I don't think so. Um, but it's also unpacking the implications. It's telling you about that culture. And if you, that's why I'm arguing against the idea, you really shouldn't be rooting for any heroes in this story right. because it is a brutal, terrible culture. Right. Um, I agree. That's it. I'm repeating myself. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. Can't wait right. for the uh, next episode. Can't wait till the next episode. The screener just dropped in our laps today. We have seen the next episode of Rings of Power. No spoilers, but that story, I have to say, is picking up. Mm -hmm. I thought there was some wheel spinning in the first few episodes, but in this one, I was like, okay, now I see where it's going. And it's, it's actually getting a little darker. Not in a, you know, Game of Thrones, but it's, it's allowing some complexity in the story. Um, and it feels like certain things are starting to slowly slide together. Mm-hmm. I also think there are some rather definitive answers about who certain characters are. Mm-hmm. Um, Not in a hot D type of... <laughs> hot D. Did you like that? <laughs> yeah, I didn't make that up. No, but it's funny. I, I had never seen it. Oh, everyone's been saying that on yeah, Twitter. Twitter, hot, hot D. D for hot. House of the Dragon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yes, Rings of Power is stepping up. It's... Um, uh, we were just... I was talk- We were talking to Carolyn... Caroline Daria Farmke, who is... Uh, television critic for a variety she tweeted this yesterday and i we replied that 
isn't it weird that no one's really talking about Rings of Power? And it right. is kind of a shame. House of the Dragon just really gives you those water cooler moments, even though none of us are around water coolers anymore. And the Rings of Power is just slowly unpacking a fable, mm-hmm. an epic fable. So it doesn't have that same... I hope I hope people are still interested in it. I think it's high-quality work. It is beautiful work. Um, but it, 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 it breaks my heart that shows like the Sandman that did really, really well. It still has not been renewed for its second season. Um, it wasn't a perfect season of television, and the Rings of Power so far isn't a perfect season. But these are really well-made, high-quality fantasy shows with very good acting in them, and it would be and fantastic art direction, costume design, all of that. Um, it would be a shame if it just got lost in you know all the other TV that's out there. So support the Sandman. Go read our recaps, and please. Go check out the Rings of Power if you haven't already. It's it's sort of a corrective if right. you want that for House of the Dragon. All right, Agreed. you're looking at the time, and I'm yes. talking too much. I agree. He's slashing across his neck. Fine. <laughs> uh, until next week, when we'll be back with whatever crosses our eyes across our desk, and it will not be the royal family. I yeah, promise. promise. Unless there is some explosive know, announcement. Um, they, they moved back to England or yeah whatever <laughs> uh, they're getting divorced or whatever um, with whatever crosses our eyes or crosses our desk until then take care of yourselves love you mean it bye bye bye